Hey everybody, it's Jeff. Before we start today, I want to talk to those of you who specifically use choirs as part of your setup. You know, getting the ideal amount of gain before feedback out of a choir can be really challenging. You know, we've all tried things like changing out mics or moving the positioning of the mics or moving people around. Sometimes that's still not enough. So this is where ChoirFlex comes in. ChoirFlex is the only processor that learns the sound of your choir adapts that sound to your physical space so you can literally take your choir to new levels in your mix. MikeRentals.com is proud to be the exclusive rental partner of the ChoirFlex processing unit, so whether you're running a choir as a special now and then or every Sunday as part of your regular workflow, ChoirFlex may just be the solution that you need. So go to MikeRentals.com and search for ChoirFlex. You can rent one, to try it out to see if it's a good fit for you. And your rental can be used as a purchase credit toward a ChoirFlex unit if it is a good fit. So check it out today. I really think you can transform the sound of your choir through this amazing processor. Okay, let's get to the show. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 123 of the MXU Podcast. I'm Jeff Sandstrom, and I'm here today with my co-host, Dadu Worldwide himself, Jay Desai. What's up, kids? And our friend from Lavo, Tony Stairs. How are you doing, guys? Doing good. Doing good. I am good. sweating profusely. Yeah, we're all sweating. So I'm in Houston. Jay is in San Antonio. Tony is in Austin. We're all in Texas, and Lee, who's normally with us, is in Oregon. He got fired. We fired him. Hiking with his family. Yeah, so he's he's not going to be with us today, but that's okay. He's having a great vacation, and he uh, will be back with us next time. So um, I figured, you know, the last couple of episodes, we've talked nothing about gear. We've talked about basically church culture and leadership and how to mitigate some problems that we have with culture. So I figured today we would do kind of a deep dive on the gear side and bring in Tony to talk to us a little bit about Lavo. So I'm here to make sure we don't get into nerd fest hard. No yeah, nerd well, fest here, man. So- Softcore nerd fest is all we're going for here. Yeah, yeah. Good deal. You know, I love talking about gear. Before we dig into that, Jay, tell us what you've been working on lately. Where have you been? What's going on? Well, right now I'm sitting shirtless in a hotel room in San Antonio because I turned the AC off, and uh, so it, the mic didn't pick it up. And that's what I've been working on the last 30 minutes is regulating my body temperature. <laughs> uh, today I am at San Antonio Unite with Passion Music. And this week I've been with the Church of God folks here in San Antonio also. And then I was in Puerto Rico with Brother Chris Tomlin and the Convoy of Hope people. And that's about it. I mean, someone's got to do it. That's a busy summer. Yeah, yeah. And uh, Busy busy couple of weeks. I got a couple of busy rando weeks coming up, and then I'm going to Italy for a few weeks, you know. There you go. That's good. Well, I am on the last weekend of the Dude Perfect Tour, so if you hear any weird background noise, from my mic, we've got load-in still happening and some testing going on and people coming in and out of this visitor's locker room in the Toyota Center in Houston. Um, in fact, you can probably hear a cart going by in the background with squeaky wheels. Um, it's funny, NBA locker rooms are some of the best and most interesting facilities 
the showers are about nine feet tall and the, uh, but they're good showers because you got to keep professional athletes happy. But the lockers in this one, we're in the visitor's locker room and the lockers are remarkably slender. Like there's not enough width to really do much like with your suitcase and stuff. So it's just, it's always a fun experience. So Jane, you and I would have to be on each other's shoulders to take a shower in there. Yeah, I I don't know uh, (laughs) if the people at home want to visualize that. Sorry about that. Um, But yeah, Uh, would you be would would you be bottom totem pole or would you be the top of the totem pole? Uh, You know, I feel like I'm more of a top kind of guy, all the way up. I get you. (laughs) That's funny. Yeah. So, dude, perfect is coming to a close for me. It's been a great run. It's been. Uh, action-packed and really fun. I mean, these guys do a great job, and the crowds have been so loud. It's crazy how loud these kids can scream. Um, what would you say the biggest challenge has been? I know we've talked about like DPAs in front of the thing and all that, but yeah. So basically, the whole show happens in front of the PA, and so just keeping five headset mics under control. Um, at 95 to 100 dB in front of the PA has been pretty pretty interesting. It's a new challenge for me because I'm not mixing a band. There's no music except what's coming from videos and you know underscore during their their games that they play. So um, it's fewer faders, but just as many challenges. But we've got a great system tech from LMG who's out with us. We've got a great L Acoustics PA that performs really well. And so between that and a few plugins, I have not had any issues. Knock on wood for the next three shows. That will continue and we'll have a uh, as close to flawless run as possible. That's awesome. Any auto mix involved in that or is that all just you riding no, some it's faders? Just me riding faders because it's not, you know, the the show is scripted in terms of the elements, but the guys are very freeform in the way they communicate. And so there's a lot of talking over each other and a lot of interrupting. And it's uh, even, even Dugan is difficult to use because they're not, you know, they're, they're constantly kind of vying for who's, you know, running the conversation. So um, I've, I've used Dugan some, and it's been really effective. But if they start really kind of talking over each other, I have to, I've had to disable it a couple times because it doesn't it doesn't know what to do with that much cacophony. <laughs> do you yeah, uh, PSE that thing? Yeah, so there's PSE on all the mics, and uh, so it's PSE. I have an SSL channel strip, um, high pass low pass filter from the console. And uh, another compressor in line, so it's you know it's organized chaos. But I hosed myself with PSE recently. Really? Yeah, I just didn't think they were going to whisper that down there, you know. And I had that thing set. It was all good. I caught it. I caught it. I caught myself. Tony, what have you been up to? Ah, uh, man, I feel like I'm traveling the globe. I've already hit like airline top tier status. Like by June, I was already there. So it's been like, who, who do you fly nice. out of Austin? Uh, United. That's just for my time being up, you know, in Indiana, you know, flying out of O'Hare. I'm so sorry. 
man, with uh, Delta, I'd have to fly to Atlanta. You know, nothing wrong with Atlanta, but when if I'm trying to get to LA, you know, that trip to Atlanta is a little bit, you know, redundant. But, uh, yeah, but I'm not sure United maintains their planes, so it's really about whether you want to live or die. <laughs> I do pack a parachute just in case, you know. Um, no, United's treated- Have you ever had a Biscoff cookie? Oh, I, I actually smuggle them home. Like, my wife loves them, so I always get a few extra and bring them home to my wife, for sure. That's nice. That's funny. But And that Lufthansa flight to Germany, you know, through Star Alliance is, you know, top-notch. I forgot about having to go to Europe so often. So for people who don't know anything about you or anything about Lavo, for sure, why don't you give us just the sort of Cliff's Notes version of your story? So um, how'd you get into all this? What's your background? I know that you were um, a church production guy for a long time and have made the transition now to work for a manufacturer. So just talk about some of that and kind of fill people in on kind of who you are and what you do. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm not going to go, I mean, I'll go back a little, little far here, but I won't take up too much time, but about 20, uh, 21 years ago, I actually started in church. I was like leading worship for a youth group, but at the same time I was working for a production company. So I was kind of learning about all this like sound and tech stuff, but I was playing on Wednesdays and Sundays for a local youth group. And that's how I kind of got in, actually got into ministry. And, um, Fast forward about five years and I took my first full-time ministry job. I actually left kind of the production world, integration world. Um, I had the great privilege early on in my life before I went into ministry, though, in production and integration, I actually run an integration company at 22, 23 years old. Um, had some some guys that really trusted me to jump in there, but really felt called to ministry and, and got a got an opportunity to jump into ministry full-time as a worship leader and uh, creative director. And um bounce between uh, kind of that role and production for about 15 years full time. And, um, you know, and then fast forward to 2019 and I uh, came on with Lavo full time. I'd gotten connected with Lavo through Grange Community Church where I was at. and I was a production director and uh, we bought a couple consoles. We were actually the first church in the world uh, to install Lavo consoles in a very unique way for Lavo at the time at front of house and monitors and um, just got to know the team really well. And actually struggled a bit uh, leaving ministry and kind of what that looked like, but um, made the transition in Lavo. Now I get to oversee um, all the audio sales in North America, so U.S. and Canada, but also oversee all the house of worship, uh, business development and sales, um, just so I can stay in touch with the local church, um, provide solutions and help uh, into ministry in any way I can. So that's kind of, that's a cliff notes. That's the 50,000 foot view. There's a a lot of twists and turns along the way, but uh, yeah, that's, that's awesome. my story. So back at Granger, so for people who don't know, Granger Community Church um, is in Indiana. And what made Lavo the choice to begin with back then? Like what were the determining factors for you guys to choose that over some of the other brands at the time? I think for us, um, we kind of took a look outside of kind of your normal markets that you would look at for for buying consoles. Granted, we did. We talked to a lot of people. It's funny. It's one of the, the first ways I met Lee uh, when he was still at Bayside and touring with with Lincoln. Um, he was he was looking to offload some SSL consoles, and we talked about that. And I looked very deeply into that, and um, we looked at all the brands that were out there. 
and kind of got to looking, seeing what other people were using in the market. And uh, funny enough, stumbled across Lavo at a uh, one of the uh, the church tech conferences, and Lavo was there. And uh, the guy just said, "Give me a shot." And so we brought him in for a demo, kind of after everybody had, had done their thing, and uh, just fell in love with the sound of the desk. Honestly, by the second input on the desk, uh, really no processing, nothing was just blown away. And um, the functionality at the time uh, was not where it is today. And I remember even telling the sales guy, I'm buying this for what it will be and not what it is. It sounds that good. I couldn't look past some functionality, but man, um, it was a great partnership from the beginning. And uh, it was a little scary because we were, we were the first, we were the trailblazers. Literally had people tell me I was probably an idiot, idiot doing that. Were you? But uh, I was like, no, I don't think so. Um, <laughs> I was scared to death because we were coming from kind of another unproven manufacturer in the market. I won't, I won't talk about them, but you know, we'd had some uh, struggles with them, and um, you know, with Lavo kind of being unproven, you know, in the church world, even though Lavo was doing big things and, and late night broadcast and big events, um, still unproven how they would support a church and. Um, you know, they just went above and beyond. And for us, it was the sound quality, the reliability uh, of the desk, um, and just the technology that they were leaning toward that just made us go that direction. And um, I will say uh, one of the toughest calls I've ever had to make uh, was actually to uh, one of our good friends, Ryan Shelton, uh, telling that we weren't buying Digico because we were we were going that way because uh, Lava went out. And uh, you know, he actually said, man, yeah, I think you're making a good choice and I hate to see you to stay friends, but I hate to see you go another direction, but yeah, I think you're making a good choice. So, um, yeah, that, that was not, it. Not what he told me about you, but that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you sure that wasn't yeah, comic, Ryan's man? Good, you Ryan's know, good people. <laughs> <laughs> that's, no, that's they're great pretty, guys. That's pretty cool that you, um, took a risk there an elite. And like, I think sometimes people forget sound quality for functionality, but. What was the what was Sundays like back then at Granger? Like, wh- what was it that was needing y'all to go another direction? Like, what inspired that? Yeah, for us, the channel account, first of all, was kind of a big deciding factor. There was only a handful of consoles in the market that, you know, really could handle that 100 plus channel count of what we needed. And Granger for a long time has been known for being highly creative. And so we could go from a, you know, bunch of headsets doing a, you know, a monologue or dialogue uh, to a dueling band doing, you know, pop tunes back and forth into, you know, full and worship by the end of the service, you know? So there's a lot of changing elements um, throughout the service and it, it wasn't ever cookie cutter. So from weekend to week out, it would change, you know, I could go have a big band week one weekend to just an acoustic service the next week. So we needed tons of flexibility when it came to IO and recalls and, you know, things like that. And uh, again, it kind of had for us needed to be, you know, of top notch quality, you know, with everything we put out. And so, um, yeah, that was kind of one of the biggest deciding factors was something that could handle that much IO, which there's, you know, there's a few out there. And so that kind of weeded a lot of things out for us, but. What is the IO cap in, on the infrastructure now? Oh, now it's uh, 1,024 is what we can get up to uh, in I.O. Uh, on the biggest. That's a lot of inputs. <laughs> lot. Jeff, it's the polar opposite of what you're doing right now. Exactly. It's <laughs> polar opposite. I need, I, need, I need 10 inputs right now. Do you have any, th- do you have any consoles that will go down to 10? I think the, I think the <laughs> LS9 is perfect for you. 
Oh my gosh. No thanks. <laughs> he could be out with like a little Mackie, you know, 1604 at this point. You know what are you talking about? Yeah. yeah don't, but, uh, don't, knock, don't knock that thing, man. Now we have a cool feature when that whole 1024, we get a little nerdy here. Um, you can actually take our core and it's 1024 at full capacity. You can even license it down to something smaller, or you can take that large core and subdivide it do multiple independent consoles off a single core. So you could do front of house monitors, broadcast and a utility mix or ancillary room off one core. So, and um, I'll announce it here. We actually haven't announced it public, but I'll get in trouble for this, but soon you'll be able to do eight consoles off one core by the end of the year. Um, wow. One RU can do eight consoles. So, And the core is only one RU. Absolutely. Yeah. How do it know? <laughs> yeah, it's it's all licensing and it's how you can like we call it pooling, but slice up the resources on the FPGA to service multiple um mixing engines is how we can do it. And um of course, Jeff, you've seen the 36, the smaller guy. Um you saw yep. the 56 at Flatlands as well, but uh 36 is kind of unique that it's it's an all-in-one and it's it, right now it's locked to 256, but what I'm speaking about is kind of our 56 and 96 line have an external core that allow that subdivision um and allow you to you you can actually dynamically assign surfaces to any independent engine at a time and there's a there's a lot of flexibility you get and so there's in the church world we've actually been talking to several churches that have like multiple rooms across campuses and stuff that can all be served from a single core or even a redundant pair of cores that's really interesting so the core is the the engine and the brains behind the operation, but how does the physical connectivity happen off the core? In other words, from my stage boxes to what to the core for people who don't know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you know, our backbone is a protocol called Ravenna. Uh, Ravenna is um, an IP protocol. You know, we, if you really want to get nerdy, it's layer three wide area capable, all, all this and that. So essentially all of our stage boxes and core, you know, connect across a network similar to what a Dante network would connect. Uh, but the unique thing about Ravenna, it's there's um, an open standard called AES 67 and 2110. So it's fully compatible with those, those open standards. So other manufacturers can come in and adopt the standard and, and communicate without any sort of extra licensing or anything like that, where as you know, with Dante, you kind of have to buy into Audinate's, you know, proprietary transport and stuff like that. And, uh, granted, Dante does a lot, um, but for Lavo, open standards is a big thing that anybody can come in and adopt and, and work together. Um, even our control protocol, um, you can actually program um, ancillary you know, devices with our protocol and actually control our mixing core without even having one of our surfaces. So it's a lot of flexibility that we like to offer being kind of, more of an open standard, you know, type type company, you know, open source, you might even say. That's pretty cool. I mean, if you can get Dante, you can use it, but TBD. I mean, honestly, <laughs> we've had a lot of people look at us because of, you know, you can't get Dante. And so, you know, what, what else is out there? And so we've been able to educate people on kind of what we're doing and how we're doing it. And I don't know if we ever talked about passion using Ravenna between our campuses or if you knew that. I mean, yeah, my he, my head doesn't do that. So like, <laughs> I got to get a whiteboard and a piece of paper if something has to change. But it's pretty wild what it can do. 
Yeah, the, you guys uh, are using the direct out boxes to do Ravana between uh, campuses. And uh, we've had some talks about kind of maybe how Lava could fit into that and kind of work kind of seamlessly into the, the uh, ecosystem there for sure. That's very cool. So for people who don't know, I used uh, a Lavo Surface on last year's MXU Live Tour for the tracks that I was mixing, and it was my first experience on the desk. Uh, Lee and I had seen the console. Uh, we went up, you may remember, on a, gosh, an episode that we did forever ago on our trip to New York when we um, hung out with Josiah Gluck at SNL. And so the facilities at Rockefeller Center um snl today show some other tonight show seth myers yeah you name it yeah all the all the shows at 30 rock have lavo as their backbone so we saw the desk there first and then i mixed on it on the tour and as a just as a tactical sort of workflow experience i really was impressed i think you know it's because of its flexibility um you know the capabilities are are pretty endless in terms of your creativity and how you adopt a workflow and have a lot of options. So talk to people for a few minutes about that, like some of the things that make it different than some other consoles in terms of the simple fact that you know anything can be anything and be put anywhere. That whole like you know you're not just thinking linearly necessarily when you're setting up your your desk. So just talk for a few minutes about the capabilities and how people are using it and that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, for us, um, we manufacture three series of consoles, the 36 again, with has the core internal and then the surface core combo with the 96 and the 56 and, you know, flexibility is kind of the name of our game just because, you know, we don't manufacture different software, different surfaces for different applications. It's all the same. So um, the way I like to explain is we have kind of the base OS of the console that, you know, has all your you know, normal functionality like DSP, such as gates, compressors, limiters, EQ, all that kind of stuff. But then we have kind of really the config layer that lives on top of it. So we can actually come in and custom config um, workflows for people. Um, the way I like to explain it to people when they, you know, think about it is like we deliver kind of a custom tailored suit. Um, there's a lot of like custom buttons we can make, custom like macros and workflows um, we can create um, with uh, software and hardware buttons on the console. But in kind of the way the surface is laid out, you know, you have your master section that we all know and love, um, where you kind of have your unique controls for EQ and auxins. But uh, the fader banks are all they're blank when you get them. There, there's nothing you know laid out, so you can choose to lay out your desk however you want. Real, real convenient when you just want to throw and go, you know? When you want to throw and go, it's super <laughs> easy. Yeah, you kind of have to know what you're doing to start out. Uh, I will say there's a little bit of learning curve, but one of those, like, once you grasp, like, this is mine and it's it's how I want to work versus, like, how I'm forced into work, it, it makes you super fast. So you can recall layouts. That was the same thing at Granger, like, being able to recall specific layouts from going from a big band to a talking head to a worship moment. It's just with the recall of a snapshot, my entire layout and routing and everything could just change in a moment's notice. And so, yeah, I mean, it's one of those, like you can, there's a lot of flexibility and we we've had to do that coming from large scale broadcasts, but I think people are learning 
that they can adopt that in their other workflows in front of house monitors, be it at a church or at a sports venue or, um, you know, we, and the funny thing is we do it all. Like we do high end recording. So a lot of major movie scores are done through lava consoles and we do, we do church front of house and monitors. We do sports stadiums, you, you name it. So, uh, all that just speaks to our flexibility and what we kind of have to offer uh, to people. And um, it's funny, like Jay said, is when you just want to kind of throw and go, it is tough. I've actually had a few customers like unbox their console and give me a call and go, this thing doesn't work. And it's like, man, we got to configure the thing. <laughs> so, that, that would a hundred percent be being like, man, I don't know. Nothing's lit up. Nothing. The headphone jack's not working. No Bluetooth. <laughs> I was literally out with one of the kind of, I, I won't, I won't name you here on the podcast, but a really kind of high end a one, you know, engineer uh, a few weeks back. It was me. Yeah, it was Jay. You know, he's like, where is input one? I'm like, well, where do you want it? <laughs> you know, he's like, no, it's gotta be somewhere. It's like, it's not anywhere until you put it on the desk. <laughs> so, it doesn't exist until you tell it to. <laughs> and he was coming from Yamaha where, you know, one, input one shows up, you know, they have a bank and a, a fader position for it. So uh, but he loved it. You know, at, at the end of the day, at the end of the week, it was like, okay, I get it. This, this thing seems to have a ton of horsepower and flexibility and do what I want it to do. So. So when you first mentioned, uh, your reason for choosing it at Granger, it was because of sound quality. So Absolutely. what, what is it about the desk, Ravenna, the converters? Like what's, where's that magic sauce and what, do you think is different about it? Yeah, I think for us, um, it really didn't come together. I, as long as I've been with Lavo, uh, it really didn't come together for me actually until I was doing a demo with some, some front of house engineers recently. And um, because at first they were listening to our preamps, it was, we were doing an AB comparison, literally SM58, our console and another console. And these guys had never heard us before. And one guy was just checking an SM58 and they were like, wait a minute, what are you doing? And I'm like, what do you mean? They're like, why does it sound so different? And, and we enjoy it. And uh, it's like, it's nothing but our preamp into the desk, no, no processing right out to the PA. And they're like, it sounds completely different than the other console. And so we routed their tracks in, which were obviously recorded on another desk. So it wasn't our preamps at the time, but still the console sounded dramatically better than what they were listening to uh, from another, another desk. And from there, it obviously um, has to be the summing on the desk. And so, uh, again, it kind of all then came together for me um, where I've, you know, I've, I've said for years that the desk really does sound fantastic, but to be able to kind of quantitatively, um, my dog is a little upset that she's, uh, she's not in here on the podcast. Sorry about that. But uh, no, um, it, you know, that it's a combination of all the, all the parts um, that, you know, the preamps really sound good. The summing of the desk really sound good. It probably lends itself in the high dynamic, dynamic range on the preamps and then the 40 bit floating point, uh, of the console. Um, but everybody that hears it really does, you know, kind of, kind of feel a difference between, you know, us and our competition. And I think it comes from Lava's 50 year history of making desks for like high end recording, high end orchestral mixing, things like that, where those guys are huge audiophiles and big, uh, big inequality. So, so 40 bit floating point. Talk about that for a minute. <laughs> We're really a lot getting of people, in there. Yeah. Just, well, a, just a minute though. Just a minute. Yeah. Because you know, some, 
some consoles now have 32-bit pre's, but 40-bit floating point, just give everybody a little tutorial on how that's different. Oh, yeah. We're, we're getting deep in the weeds here. Really, it comes down to just the resolution and bit depth of the audio um, and the, the obviously the dynamic range. Um, so that's really honestly as about as deep into it as I can get because I'm like most guys. I, I'm really just in front of house mixer and excuse my ears um, when it comes to, to mixing. But really, it comes down to the resolution that you're actually getting uh, of the audio coming in um, and... Um, Basically, you're getting the more samples, you know, especially 96K, you're getting more samples at, at, at higher frequencies, and then you're getting um, just a wider dynamic range of the audio actually coming coming in and out of the desk. So um, it's about all I can really give you um, in the nerd talk. Well, that's got to that's gotta be part of it. I mean, yeah. part, of the, part of the distinctiveness of the sound is yeah. having that extra bit depth, um, you know, because most consoles are 24-bit and then the 32-bit pre's are premium and so you guys are a layer of res a level of resolution higher than that so um and that's standard across all of your mic pre's yeah yeah it is um and that's why i think we can get away in a lot of cases where you know, other consoles are pushing 96k where you know we live in the broadcast world which is mainly 48 we can do 96 no problem um, but you know, most of the time when people hear our desk, it's at 48 and they're kind of blown away that it's at 48 K and not 96, um, cause the resolution they're hearing at 48 when they're like, wait a minute, you know, we're kind of used to hearing this, you know, expecting this out of something in 96 and you're already, you're only at 48 and then we turn on 96 and then it's a whole new world, you know? So. Interesting. Hey, Jeff, uh, you had the console out. I want to know. We just talked about it. Tell me what was your. Yeah. Tell me what was your favorite, like a few favorite things when you were got it. Because I remember you being so excited once something clicked for you, and I don't remember what that click was. What's interesting is the tracks that I was playing back weren't recorded through the desk, so I didn't have the advantage of Lavo's mic pre's. Uh, but I will say that, and I think this. This comes down to how the console does the math to get everything to the two bus. I felt like there was just a, a depth to the sound that was remarkably musical. And I don't know of another different way to say it because I don't know exactly what it's doing to make that happen. But I felt like there was just um, a clarity and a, uh, when I wanted it to be punchy, it was. When I wanted it to be louder it just it didn't get it never got brighter or more strident it just got bigger and so um i don't know it I, I feel like the the onboard dynamics and the eq on board was very musical um the waves interaction was seamless and really you know i i just felt like all of the tracks individually and then all the tracks together just sounded really, really good. And it's, it's a non-technical explanation for sure. But every day when I walked away from it, I thought, man, as my mix was getting better throughout the tour or I was trying to make some changes, 
it was just getting more and more closer to the sound that I had in my head musically. And I felt like I had to work less hard to get there than I have on other desks. That's cool. Yeah. Well, what I appreciated about Jeff too is like, you know, obviously, you know, he spoke about waves. We have some pretty tight waves integration because we mentioned on the tour, we don't have any internal like reverbs or delays. It just comes from, we put our R and D in other places. Um, even though that is coming on the desk. So you heard it here. Um, but you know, Jeff was like, I want to hear the sound of the desk without all this other wave stuff. And like, you know, and, and honestly, if, if Jeff didn't like the desk, it wouldn't have gone out on the tour, you know, that we were all pretty clear about that. If, if Jeff was like, this isn't going to work. It doesn't sound good. It would have never rolled out on the tour. But uh, I really appreciated Jeff going, uh, you know, taking the console as it was throwing a couple of waves, reverbs and delays in there and, and just mixing on the console for what it is and giving me some purely honest feedback that I could even take back to our team and go, Hey, this is what we learned and not, you know, on the time of the tour and, and, I'm uh, pretty sure he was ready to send it back in Colorado. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was that was a fun time. I was we uh, I think we were all ready to send it back in Colorado. Um, happens when you put the wrong IP address into a stage box, and uh, it can't it can't find itself. So <laughs> we chased our tail for hours, didn't we, Jeff? That was a fun. Yeah, that was a fun night. Good learning curve. Yeah, it wasn't really the console's fault. The console was just getting the input that the engineers were giving it and what can you do? Sometimes we've all been known to fat finger a button here and there, but man, especially these things. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. These days you have to be a network engineer and an audio engineer. I feel like, you know, uh, the, um, when you were in Atlanta, uh, Tony, you were kind of telling me, I don't know a lot about, uh, Lavo, so you were telling me a ton about it. But one thing that I remember taking away is that uh, you were telling me about some of the cool integrations that you guys have done for companies because you have an incredible coding department and you can do some custom things. Uh, you can create macros to do crazy things. What are some of the craziest things you've heard on your, that people have done with y'all's desks? Uh, we have a large tech company that has has a button that orders coffee, uh, for sure. <laughs> That's that's always a fun one. Um, I have a lighting guy for that. <laughs> <laughs> we, um, you know, we we serve a variety of applications. We actually have some large um, corporate clients that have like these walk-in like studios where they can do um, these huge, large-scale like all staff meetings with these companies that have like hundreds of thousands of employees, and so they need to like at the press of a button need to completely reconfigure a console. Um, based on the show on that day. And so basically there's, there's some macros you can do there. Um, but everything from like custom workflows for monitor guys, like, you know, you hit a button, it, it flips everything to oxes and solos, you know, that bus, but still routes the, you know, talk back from the producer. And so there's some custom macros like, like that. We can all, um, that you can program. And then, um, Actually, I have one right now that's actually about to go out. Um, we have an engine. We have a front of house engineer that mixes front of house from a broadcast truck, um, and it's it's very interesting. Um, so he, he actually has a console at front of house as a backup, but he mixes front of house from a broadcast truck because he's also mixing the stream. But he needs to be able to monitor all of the you know different you know feeds. So basically, front of house and. And broadcast so he has about four different speakers set up with all this different processing 
they're pretty much at a touch of a button. He has to be able to recall specific presets, both in the desk and on external gear to reference basically what the PA sounds like, what the mix sounds like from a computer and what the mix may would sound like from an iPhone. Cause they have a huge following online that you can subscribe to um, their audio streams um, as well as, you know, have a huge following obviously in live. And so, but to be able to do all that from a broadcast truck and still, you know, provide a great listening experience for the audience, not even being in the room, you know, requires very unique like programming. So like he could monitor all of the different types of speakers he has in order to reference all the different feeds. And so it's pretty, pretty cool. That's awesome. Are you guys seeing a lot of the um, road guys start to take the consoles out? Um, actually, we've had a lot of interest. We've honestly never done a tour. Um, you know, we've been kind of focused on other areas. And um, I did a demo recently. Um, actually, stumbled into a demo recently um, with a with a speaker manufacturer. They just invited us to come hang out, bring a console because they had all these A list artists and their engineers show up. And every artist that heard our desk at the venue um, basically took a business card and I've talked to all of them. And I've spent a couple of weeks with some touring artists here recently. And um, yeah, hopefully I can announce maybe who uh, band we're going to go out with here in the next month. So that's um, very cool. Actually might be out on tour here soon. So um, yeah, um, we have a lot of artists that come to us for when it comes to recording. So uh, there's some, there's some uh, announcements out there about us doing a lot of stuff with, like Adele and, and Coldplay and, and people like that. We have some music mix mobile, some good friends of ours. I think uh, you guys may see them on the, on the mix you tour. And uh, they do a ton of high end recording, like major country artists, Garth Brooks, Luke Combs, you, you name it. And so we do a, quite a bit of that. So we're getting a lot of exposure in the touring market just from what we're doing, you know, doing live recordings. So. That's cool. So, the other, the other sort of trunk of the industry that is important to us is the church, of course. And so yeah. how, uh, how are you guys doing in terms of getting traction in the local church? Um, it's been really good. Um, you know, it's one of those, like Lava is truly excited about, you know, it, we were in a lot of big markets um, when it comes to broadcast and recording and things like that. But Lava is truly interested in kind of the local church and what, what we're doing in North America. So I have full support of the company when I'm out meeting with churches and talking with them about solutions. But the cool thing is like, I'm not pressured to sell to the house of worship market. Like Lavo truly wants to provide the right solution for the right customer. And so, you know, we're very careful when it comes to you know, protecting our name and making sure people get, you know, really what they're asking for. But yeah, we've, we've had some great traction. We, um, um, we have a church in Nashville that's getting ready to install a couple consoles, maybe even looking at a couple more. So Brentwood Baptist in Nashville is looking uh, here at the first of the year, going to put in a whole new Lavo system. World Changers Church there in Atlanta just put in a large console for broadcast. And so it seems like um, those are you know here recently. And we've got some other ones that are that have gone in um, and then other things that we're, we're working on right now. So it's honestly, you know, you guys kind of showing us some love and us being out with you guys has really helped us in the market. Um, and, you know, it's just, you know, we take it one project at a time. And so, um, yeah, for us, again, it's providing the right solution. It's really not kind of throw a bunch of things out there and hoping it sticks, but really getting to know the customer and walking through a solution with them. 
That's cool. So, you know, a lot of people when they when they see the desk and when they hear specs from the desk or they hear people talk about it, especially from some of the large scale deployments that it's in, um, they think, well, that's too expensive for me or that's just out of my league. Yeah. So how do you start that conversation with folks in terms of pricing? Because it is it is a premium brand, but there are a lot of premium brands out there. So um, for somebody who doesn't know, like, how does it compare um, in terms of Rivage, Digico, you know, yeah, yeah. Lavo, so, like where where do we fit in here? I was I was that way when when I purchased Lavo. I was like, there's no way we're going to be able to afford this solution. Um, you know, based on the <laughs> the customers they were telling me to have. You know, right. literally our console at Granger came from the Olympics. We bought a B stock from the Rio Olympics, and it's like, holy cow, who, how in the world we're going to afford this? And, and it was very surprising that it even came in. Um, a good bit cheaper than some of the other solutions we're looking at. So usually the way I phrase it with most customers, because a lot of, you know, church customers know other consoles that are out there. So I'm like, if you're in the PM series of Yamaha, if you're in the SD series of, of, uh, of Digico um, or anything really in the SSL world, um, we're talking, we're in the ballpark. Um, the 36 is pretty reasonably priced based on the amount of DSP you get. 256 DSP channel console, um, you know, can be sometimes half the price of a competitor with that many channels. And so um, I think really in the church market and what they're looking for is growing. So budgets are obviously growing uh, when it comes to spending money on technology. And so, um, you know, I think people are, are often surprised about kind of how affordable we are based on the solution. And so, um, that's kind of how we landed some recent projects that customers came to us is like, we need this channel count, but it's going to cost us, you know, there's a lot of commas in that quote when they got it back and they're like, we need this DSP count. And I'm like, I think we can do that and save you some money actually. Um, not because we're, you know, trying to be overly budget conscious and cut corners. It's just, we have solutions that have a kind of a high DSP count, but they're pretty affordable when you kind of compare them to other things in the market. So so bang for the buck wise, it's definitely worth considering because yeah. like you're saying the feature the feature set and the DSP and the high resolution IO and all that stuff. The reliability, is, all that. Yeah. 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 And the flexibility, programmability, all that stuff. So um, why don't you tell everybody how they can find you if they want to have a longer conversation? You know, like give me your home address. Yeah, yeah. Come see me. In, come see me in Austin. I'll buy the brisket, no problem. Um, I'm always down to eat some barbecue. But uh, uh, you can reach me. I mean, socials. I'm T Stairs, so T S T A I R E S. Um, you can always reach out. You know, Instagram or, or Facebook. Um, my work emails uh, Tony Tony Stairs at Lavo com. So T O N Y dot S T A I R E S at Lavo com. That's L A W O for you non German speaking. People out but there. Spell I'm spelled L A W O spoken L A V O. That's it. That's it. <laughs> so yeah, I'd love to have some conversations with people. Again, we're we're about finding the right solution, not just selling you something. So um yeah. uh I come from your world, so I understand um, you know, what it means to hold a budget and use it wisely. So I, I don't think our worlds are the same, bro. I think I don't think anyone comes from my world. 
Nah, yeah, you come from, you're from another planet. So. <laughs> Jay spends most of the time in his own little world. What I heard was you're out of this world. That's what I heard. I, I try that's to what, be. That's what we said. Yeah, that's what we said. Dadu Worldwide is a different world. Well, this has been a really interesting conversation. I hope people will, um, you know, if they're in the market for a new solution um, or an upgrade or it's a new build, whatever, that you would give Lavo a chance because honestly, my experience with it was great. But again, for me, I think I agree with Tony. It comes down to the Sonics and the just the sound quality and the just the depth of it, the resolution. I don't know, just and the two bus. I mean, it's there's some magic sauce there, and it's definitely worth listening to uh, to be able to hear for yourself. So I know Tony's great about setting up a way to do a demo and listen to some tracks and you know figure out a way to hear it in your PA even just yeah, because yeah. it's a uh, you know it's a big decision but I think you know the potential for uh, being real happy with it is, is very high so we're just grateful for your time today and oh, thanks for having me I'm excited for for the tour coming up you know we'll be there every step of the way and so happy to just great. come out and hang and drink coffee with people and man I'm just I'm looking forward to it I'm always grateful to get to hang with you guys and, and uh, it's always a good time great awesome. I, I wear a small in case you're bringing me any swag uh, <laughs> it looks like you don't wear a shirt these days you, so. you haven't worn a small since about fourth grade bro I think I wore medium in fourth grade straight up <laughs> I was a rugby player growing up man you had to eat <laughs>